You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward ass ideals that we have right here in the United States. And this is episode 144 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, who you'll be hearing from in our guest portion. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky, kinky perverts, too. And we also happen to be married to each other. This week, we have a little topic for you. No, not a little tiny topic, a topic about littles. We're talking age play with guest Mako Allen. Mako is an author, podcaster, developer, and advocate in the kink and age play communities. Mako's two novels are about many, many themes, including age play, domination and submission, and sex positivity. Now, more importantly, they're about coming to a place of self-acceptance with one's sexuality and learning compassion. That not-so-subtle agenda pervades much of Mako's work. He's also one of the co-hosts of the Big Little Podcast. It's a podcast by, about, and for age players. And he also has a long career in the BDSM and age play communities, not just as a member, but as an advocate and presenter. He's also polyamorous and a switch. Mako's newest project is an app to help adults in discipline-based relationships manage their dynamic together, and it's called WeMinder. Okay, so age players. Well, actually, more specifically, littles and ABDLers, and that is adult baby diaper lovers, they are still getting lots and lots of scrutiny and grief and just bad stuff thrown their way, not only from the vanilla world, but also within the kink community. People are like, okay, this is just weird. It's glorifying pedophilia. What's wrong with these people? You know, all sorts of, of myths and things that just aren't true. And that's where our conversation with Mako starts. Ashley, it takes a little bit of a detour into Esperanto, which you'll see in just a minute. But yeah, Mako tells us what age play is really about. And part of that is tapping into a particular state of mind and state of vulnerability. And we dive into why that's so important and appealing to people. We also talk about if and how age play might be tied to rewriting childhood trauma. We dive into the existence of dominant littles. Yes, they are out there. And we tell you what those interactions and scenes might entail. We also get into what benefits those playing the role of a big or older person in an age play scenario might get. Then there's diaper play. We talk sexual versus non-sexual age play. Plus, Mako tells us about his personal journey, discovering his interest in age play very early in life, but rejecting it because of the tremendous stigma and fear. Mako also talks about ways for people in MS or DS dynamics to stay connected to their partners when life gets in the way with the app that he's created to help facilitate that. So we got to do the ball washing real quick to get to this because this is some good stuff. And you're like, ball, what's ball washing? Okay, it's housekeeping, 
But housekeeping is so boring. Who wants to vacuum when you could soap up and juggle around the family jewels, right? So let's wash these balls. First order of business is, you know about our free Discord community, right? Yeah, come on over and join. We talk about sex, kink, mental health, off-topic stuff. It's a really friendly and active community, and we would love for you to join us. The link is in the show notes for episode 144 at americansexpodcast.com, or if you got a good memory, it's bit.ly slash Discord ASP. Now, American fuckers, I think you know what time it is. Right? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I am just blown away every single week when our Patreon family just grows and grows and grows. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Philip, Minerva, and Sophia for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, Patreon what member, huh? Listen, you can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member too. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash American Sex. And I give you stuff too. You'll get bonus stories from our guests. There's one up from Mako now. Uh, extra full-length episodes. All of our regular episodes early. I will send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. And by the way, you will get official American fucker Sticker so you can be an official American fucker. And there's a lot more stuff too. Ken and I think that, well, we don't think, we know that these conversations are vitally important to have these authentic, shame free, upfront conversations about sex and kink. People need this. It's life changing, it's relationship saving. And we give it away as much as we can for free so people have access. So by supporting us, you allow that content to remain free and help us still put dinner on the table, keep the lights on, pay the rent. So again, go over to patreon.com slash American sex. Your membership is so appreciated. Now, listen. Y'all are geeks, right? I mean, it's known that there's a huge crossover between geeky gaming culture and kink culture, right? So Ken's new side gig is running games like D&D, Pathfinder, and Call of Cthulhu online, and he specializes in teaching new people how to play. And you can watch him stream his games on Twitch absolutely for free almost every night of the week, I want to say does like five games or something uh, each week. My game is on Tuesday nights, but we're off this week, by the way. And then I think next week we're playing a different day because it's voting day and nobody wants to play Dungeons and Dragons on such a horrid day. But our game is with Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson from Poly Role Models and longtime fan and friend of the show, Nisha. It's fun. You can watch at twitch.tv slash Thunderpants RPG. And Ken's also available for professional DM services too. I don't mean dungeon monitor. Well, I do dungeon master, not dungeon like dungeon like whip, I'm, you know, let's have sexy time. Dungeon like Dungeons and Dragons online. So if you're interested in having Ken run a game for you, his contact information is in the show notes. Hook that on up. So there's one last thing, and this is really important. We've got eight days. Eight days, American fuckers, until this election. Get your ass out there and vote, please. 
Early voting is open in most places. And if you're going to do voting by mail, please consider dropping your ballots off in person. It's usually really easy and quick. I've done it before. You know, your vote really counts when it comes to sexual freedom and freedom in general. Your vote counts now more than ever. Let's get that dangerous menace out of the White House immediately. And I want to I want to revisit something. Do you remember a few months back when I told you what it means when I call you our listeners American fuckers? I mean, it's the obvious, right? We teach about sex. And y'all are interested in sex. And aha, uh-huh, giggle, giggle, fuck, you're American fuckers because you like to fuck. Sure, you know, fine, yes. But there's another more important reason. You're American fuckers? What does fucker mean? You're a disruptor. That's what you are. You fuck shit up, right? We all fuck shit up. We disrupt cis hetero vanilla monogamous norms. We disrupt you know, sexual relationship and identity norms and rules. We disrupt sexual relationship and identity shoulds and shouldn'ts. We disrupt obstacles to sexual freedom. We disrupt the societal norms that tell us, you know, who we can love and how we can love them. We disrupt oppression and marginalization. We subvert and pervert what traditional America thinks about all of these things and more. That is why we are all American fuckers. You know, people often say to me, come on, sex has nothing to do with politics. Or, you know, we're kinky. So that means we're the opposite of, you know, quote, PC culture. No, I mean, you do realize that the way we love and express our sexuality is a radical and political act, right? Like the the cornerstone of everything we do is based on consent, ethics, and mutual respect. Much more caring than your typical vanilla relationship structures. And when it comes to our submissives, we empower them. We look after everyone in our community, no matter what their status is. So what we do in our bedrooms and our dungeons and our kitchens, wherever the backseat of our cars, is covert activism. It really is, whether it feels like it or not. Sexuality, relationships, gender, and all those other things that go with them are all political. In fact, your existence and the fact you're out there living your best fucking life is an act of revolution. We're legally discriminated against in countless ways, and there are so many laws that are still on the books right now that impede on our sexual freedom, and there's a lot more to come unless we actively do something about it. Oh, and also, Black Lives Matter. There's no arguing that, and bottom line, we are depending on you to use your vote to help save Black lives. So, Next time you hear me call you American fuckers, it's not, oh, giggle, how cute. I mean, it is cute, but that also means you're an American disruptor. You're a subverter. You're a perverter, both inside and outside the bedroom. And it is your duty. It really is your duty to get out there and dismantle these old, antiquated, suppressive systems. All of them. Go fuck shit up and vote your ass off, please. Thank you. 
All right, American fuckers. Doesn't that feel bad? Don't you tingle inside when you hear me call you an American fucker now? Ooh, American fuckers. The balls are clean. We are done washing the ball. That was a good thorough cleaning, wasn't it? Here's Mako Allen laying down some age play wisdom. Littles, grab your stuffies, get all comfy, <laughs> get a Kool-Aid and a Nilla wafer. Capri Sun, bitch. <laughs> okay, Capri Sun, get your juice box. <laughs> get your sippy cup. Get whatever you need. Because we ha- we're we talking to Mako uh, Allen this week from the Big Little Podcast and from, like, Fabulous Life and being a little and being a kingster. And there's so much. Hi. Hey. Hello. <laughs> oh, so, so happy. So I have a question. I want to make sure that I'm saying this correctly. Chuvi estas mi apocho? You are saying that correctly, and no, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I took a bunch of Esperanto courses 30 years ago, and I'm trying to remember them, and I stopped doing it because when I first got on the internet, every asshole on the internet that happened to know Esperanto just wanted to talk to me just to speak Esperanto, which I don't have a problem practicing language. Sure. But a lot of these people were like bringing up things that just like were nothing in my wheelhouse in any way, shape, or form, and just wanted to speak the language. But it was it, funny. It's, it's really it's it's funny that you bring it up because, and we'll maybe talk about this later after the age play. Yeah, I, I've, I'm actually I've started a movement to get kinky people in particular, uh, in general, and littles in particular, to learn to speak Esperanto. And I have a private Discord with uh, 35 people in it now. Um, so that we can use it as like our own private cipher language so that you could like, we could be all hanging out in a cafe somewhere together. And uh, I could tell you all about the hot, sexy diaper I'm wearing and no one would be any the wiser. That's a really smart idea. I love that. And, and really quick for those of you that don't know what Esperanto is like for two seconds, can you just give them a brief description of how the language developed and what it's used for? <laughs> Hell yes. Esperanto is the world's most successful, which isn't saying much, honestly, manufactured (laughs) language. Um, Two million people speak it across 120 countries, but not any large concentration of them at any one time anywhere. And it was created by a guy named uh, uh, Ludovico Zamenhof about 120 years ago in Poland and designed to be a secondary neutral language for the world. And I'm like super interested in it because uh, I think that it's sort of an inviting safe space to communicate with other people in a secure way. And there's actually some historical precedent for that. In the late 50s and all through the 60s in England, uh, gay men used to speak a, a variant on Romani called Polari. Uh, as a means to like safely talk about their get togethers and personal business and not have the police come and beat them in their fucking face because homosexuality was illegal until like, I think 68 or maybe 72. Wow. I, this is totally not where I expected this conversation to start, but I'm fucking fascinated. I am fucking fascinated. I used to use it when I was backpacking around Europe because I would get invited into people's homes if I could even speak the tiniest bit of Esperanto, because generally speaking, people that spoke Esperanto were very open and they are yeah. they're kind of kind of hippie-ish, hippie-ish in, you know, in a way, yeah. and that they're just open to new ideas, open huh. to progressive thought. In, in generally speaking, are very nice. 
Maybe oh. we could have a whole other like episode on that. Sometime. Yeah, totally. And I, I <laughs> no, just, sorry to I, drag this down. I, into I want to, but I love Esperanto. I, I want to hilarious. end the Yay. Esperanto conversation. Not that I want to, but I want to end it with this is my brain. And I've heard neurodiverse brains do this. Like they get an earworm and they can't stop my brain. This whole conversation in the background has been going Esperanto and I can't <laughs> stop it. So I just had to, maybe if I said it, it would just get out of my brain and now into everyone else's. You're welcome. Okay. Wow. So. Wait, really quick. I have, to, I have to say one more thing. Mia Mas, Mian Edzina, Edzinan, Edzino, Edzino. Yeah. What are, what are we talking about? I love my. He's wife. talking about you. Oh, he <laughs> loves me. I thought you were going to tell me you want to be wearing a diaper, but maybe that'll be the next thing. Is there an say. Esperanto word for diaper? Oh yeah, Vindo Tuco. Well, <laughs> tell me about your window two coast, Mako. Uh, right. <laughs> so, wait, does Mako mean anything in Esperanto? Uh, no, but it ends in O, so it's a really good name for Esperanto. Oh, yeah. And, and one last like thing that, that I'm going to say about because like Esperanto, and I'm just like you, you're just geeking out here. I, I am. Great. So, and I I know that he is going to know the answer to this, but who is the Star Trek cast member? That was the only actor to actually film a movie in Esperanto. Uh, that would be William Shatner. Thank you. Okay. Wow. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> wow. Anyway, and, and bonus geek. points, name of the film. Uh, that would be called Incubus. Thank you. What is happening? <laughs> We're going <Okay>. out. <laughs> okay. Maybe so, we should start over. I don't know. So, no, okay. I, I'm I'm fascinated. I think a lot of the other people are fascinated. We may have some little swaying back and forth in the corner, like, "Mommy, are you done yet? Mommy, are you done yet? Are you done talking yet? Can you talk about my stuff now." Um, right. Daddy, 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 right. daddy. So that's where I want to start. I have been hearing lately. Um, you know, a- as everyone knows, I'm going to geek out with my thing. I- I'm having a love affair with TikTok. I've started TikToking mm-hmm. and I-, I love it. And I've been hearing a lot of fo- it's just connecting me to a whole other part of the kink community that I wasn't connected to before. So I'm seeing different points of view, what's going on with people who tend to be a little bit younger that maybe aren't involved in in-person community, but they're online. And I thought that we were good in the kink community with littles. Like, I know, yes, littles get shit on sometimes or misunderstood, (laughs) but I thought it was getting better. And so I'm talking to these people on the internet that are like, oh my God, nobody understands us. We're getting shunned. People think we're pedophiles. Nobody fucking gets it. Like, everyone's in a a spiral tailspin depression who's a little on the internet because nobody understands so let's start there um for those listening along who are like i'm i'm not i don't know about this uh what is and isn't a little and age play okay well so age play uh someone i want to say it was lee harrington said that age play is any form of play in which you skew with the perception of how old you are or how you represent as right. a player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have sort of my own theory about what people do when they age play and what it is to be a big or to be a little, okay? Right. And like first and foremost, uh, people think that 
age play is all about being a little, you know, being an adult baby or a schoolgirl or a toddler or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But the person that's on the other side of that equation, you know, w- whether it's mommy or daddy or the creepy janitor that hangs out behind the boiler at school or whatever, whoever that person is interacting with the other person, they're an age player too, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I've had a theory. It's my theory. Uh, you feel free to name it after me, whatever. <laughs> uh, for a long time now, the age play actually has nothing to do with age at all. Um, I think that what's really going on for a lot of people, I'm not a dick, so I'm not going to say it's this way for everyone, is that I think that people that engage in age play are exchanging vulnerability, being vulnerable to somebody else, someone else needing uh, them to be vulnerable to them, right? And that how we're doing it is through sort of a common language, a trope, a lingua franca of caregiving, right? Mm. So... It's it's not okay. If you like hang out with an age player and see them little, whatever, um, you can tell in fairly short order that these are not children. Um, you know, I, I I am not a children. Uh, I I, I have five o'clock shadow. I'm uh kind of bald. Uh, I I'm six foot two. I can drive a car. Um, it's very obvious that I am not the toddler that I sometimes act like. Um. And so what's really going on there is that I want someone to, you know, in whom to invest my lack of agency, that they'll be the boss of me and tell me what to do. Um, and then the person doing that, they also, it's a vulnerable position for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we're childlike. Maybe we use the trappings of childhood, like taking a nap or getting a spanking or, you know, getting your bits examined and washed by somebody else. But we're not children. We have nothing to do with children. Right. I love that. I love the exchanging vulnerability because I think that's really at the core of a lot of what we do in kink, not just even in kink, in in sex, in adult relationships and intimacy. And we have such a hard time being vulnerable and expressing our vulnerability that, yeah, it makes sense what you said. If we were to overlay a very familiar trope on top of this vulnerability that we don't know what to do with, it gives us some, you know, guidance and, and, and language and an outlet to express that vulnerability in a way that's, that we're all familiar with because we've all been children. Right, right. Yeah. It's, you know, everybody knows these interactions. Everybody knows, you know, falling down and skinning your knee and getting a boo-boo on it and needing, you know, someone bigger than you to kiss it and make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows, hey, hey, watch me, watch me jump in the pool and be stupid. Everybody knows this, right? Right. Um, oh, I, I drew you a picture. Oh, what a good boy you are. You know, everybody knows. Um, so it's accessible. It's easy. It's simple. I love it. And and I have a question. So people that are and I've and I oftentimes when I approach situations I look at it from reverse angles often. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I like asking you specifically about age play that is on the older end of the spectrum. So people that are mm-hmm. you know like emulate somebody in their 80s or 90s. Is that my this is a two-part question. One is that still vulnerability and obviously littles 
don't get younger as they get older, but old people continue getting older. So if you're playing as an old, yeah, and then you approach being 60, 70, 80 years old, at what point does it stop just being play and you're just become an old person? <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting. Um, so, wow, let's unpack those one at a time. Okay, thank you. Um, so... Uh, let's go back. Vulnerability was the first one. Yeah. So like really there's vulnerability any which way you go in this thing. Right. Um, So I I myself, I'm a switch. Okay. Uh Uh, I'm about 70, 30 uh, submissive little guy and about 30%, you know, uh, a a vuncular, uh, you know, big that likes to take, care of other uh, other people mm-hmm. and and i have felt vulnerability in both sides of that equation um i remember uh forever ago uh i was at an event that was a camping event actually uh, my camping event uh mm-hmm. from years ago camp wet by the lake it's not even a thing anymore but <laughs> it was and this this woman was at the event and she approached me because she was there without anyone to take care of her that, you know, would I be her big for a while? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's get on that. Right. And I, you know, took her into her tent and laid her on her back and, you know, proceeded to diaper her and all the stuff that that entails, which means I saw and touched her vagina, you know, (laughs) and, and put powder on her and cuddled her and like, one of the things that she wanted from me was to like be all up in her business. So mm-hmm. like I held her hand and we walked around and we sat with people and I cuddled her on my lap. And every so often I would check her diaper, put my hand between her legs and, you know, cup her crotch or her butt or pull the waist of the diaper out and look in there and see how things were going, which is like sexy and fun, but like scary. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, is that, was it scary for her? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Was it scary for me? Yeah, it was because at any minute I had the vibe that like, well, what if this suddenly turns and stop touching me? You creepy lecher. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, why are you, uh, why are you putting your finger in, in my crotch again? You know, that sort of thing. Like it's scary to say to another person, I want to take care of you in this way that removes all agency from you and treats you as if you were a helpless child. Um, That is terrifying. Um, I imagine it's just as terrifying as telling somebody, uh, listen, the only way that I can get off is if you let me pull your clothes off and beat you until you can't sit. That's terrifying too. Mm -hmm. It's just another kind of terrifying. Um, So, I mean, there's vulnerability all up in this bitch, right? Um, you know, and, and conversely, right, to like be little and to say, well, I'm not going to cut my food, uh, you know, because you'll do it. Uh, and I'm going to let you tell me when to go to bed and if I'm allowed to touch myself and, you know, uh, maybe slap my mouth if I say bad words. Like that is some scary, scary shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you to go to the second part of the question, like spinning that into being older than you are. um, that's just as vulnerable, right? I know that like, so I'm 49 and, uh, I still feel pretty young as a person, but I do have my days when I like don't eat well and de- don't get good sleep. Um, 
that I feel kind of creaky and my knees pop, you know, or, you know, I go to get down on the floor and do some coloring and it makes my back hurt. And like, that shit's kind of scary. Um, so like feeling like, oh, am, am I too old to even still do this? That that's, that's a place of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I want to like kind of really put out there about this is that all of this is based on one's own perceptions of what is good or right or acceptable. And that that's kind of on you. So it's not like, well, you can pretend you're a toddler until you're, you know, 54, but after that, you have to trade up to middle school, right? <laughs> no, that's not how this works. I like that. One decade I- per year. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. I used to joke about that, right? Like I would say I'm 4.9 or 49, depending on the underpants I have on at the time. Aw, I like that. I like that. And I just want to point out for, you know, those listening along who may be new to age play and specifically the world of littles that one – um, some people look at this kind of play as a sexual play. Some people don't look at it as sexual play. Like you were right. saying, it's all up to you how right. you manifest this, you know, this kind of play. And secondly, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> happens in a lot of kink, not just age play, but lots of different sorts of, you know, techniques and scenarios and role plays are what, you know, a lot of therapists will call corrective experiences. And it seems so like, you know, 101 Freudian, like, oh, I'm working out stuff from my childhood. But really, like, we are just walking meat bags full of trauma and, (laughs) you know, in our day to day lives, and we're working our shit out all the fucking time. So why would it be different in our sex, you know? And so... You know, just a a very basic example is maybe you didn't get that kind of nurturing and that kind of love at some point in your life. And now you're, you're getting it. You know, you're, you're sort of reliving that. And, you know, that's what I've heard from some people who they like that. And of course, you know, sex is complicated for those of us who put sex into our age play. It's like, you know, again, we're walking meat bags full of our traumas. And what are we working out in our sexuality? Our sexuality comes from every single thing that makes us human, which is oftentimes our fears, our traumas, things right. that have hurt us, things that we wish that we, you know, we we can't get. So if you think about it that way, it makes perfect fucking sense. So well, just wanted to throw that out there. And, and there's a thing I really want to say about this, something that I'm very passionate about um, and honestly kind of a dick about. Um, and it's that there's a, a, a kind of math here that I've heard from countless people about this stuff where people are looking for an, uh, an external validation. Is it okay I'm like this? Why am I like this? Okay. And I want to say in the most loving way possible, um, fuck that and, and in the ear and off a cliff. Um, <laughs> because, because there's really no merit there. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that I have found in my many decades of doing this stuff and talking to other people about it and just my own life is that generally, if you like you, other people will too. 
And no one has a right to tell you how to feel or what to like. Like, I'm a big fan of food metaphors, right? Mm, and yes. there's, a, there, there's a thing that goes around the internet like a fucking virus uh, where people talk about, is it okay to have pineapple on pizza? And I have an answer to that. And the answer is, go fuck yourself. The answer is, <laughs> if you like pineapple on pizza, fucking eat it. And if you don't, then don't. But it's not good to eat because some dude named Fred that lives three houses down says so. It's good because you like it or you don't. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And going any other way or place, you know, uh, is, 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 you know, well, if enough people say so, then it's okay. No, that's not a recipe for happiness. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yes. So I, I just thought of another question that I'd really like to ask you. Most people involved in age play are yeah. hyper aware of anything to do with pedophilia. And one of the things that the yeah. uh, that the right is doing right now is they're up in arms about the French movie Cuties. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have an opinion on the movie? Have you seen it, first of all? And, I, like, and, and if so, what do you think? I haven't. Um, what little I've heard about it is that the uh, ad campaign for it was really unfortunate and in poor taste. I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. Yeah, yeah, okay. same. Yeah, I've, and I've heard the same thing, that they were like, the promotion was awful, but the movie actually isn't. And they're actually being sued, if I'm not mistaken. Like Netflix Jeez. is being sued by, the like I think, maybe the state of Mississippi or the state of Alabama on right. uh, child porn laws. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like one of the, one of the southern states is doing this, and they're like, obviously, I don't think I think it was more the rule of the law rather than the spirit of the law in this case sure. that they had a what was initially a great idea about an anti-child porn movie that was just executed so fucking poorly right. that couldn't even yeah. get people to watch it to see whether or not what it was well, about. Well, now I gotta watch it, because I'm well, curious. Yeah. I mean, God, that's a whole other, you know, barrel of monkeys right there, because we could talk about Sesta and Fosta, oh, and how gosh, they, yeah. they were well, well-meaning, well but they actually do more harm than good, and they have a chilling effect on free speech, and have mm-hmm. caused people that have, you know, legitimate legal jobs that are, you know, sex industry ad- adjacent to now uh, be bankrupt. We could talk about that, but yeah. that's awesome. maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe that's another <laughs> No, I, I we actually did an episode did an on that. And for those it. listening along, I will have it in the show notes. It's episode thirty something with Kitty Striker. Um, so if you're like, oh, what's Sesta Fosta? Listen to that episode. The link will be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. Okay, yeah. so one other thing that I've seen blowing people's minds is yeah. you can be a little and be dominant like not yeah. all littles well, are submissive yeah and people are like what what like their brains are oozing out of every hole in their faces like this right. can't be so uh, can you talk on that a little bit uh, i can sum it up in two words and they're words that just about everybody knows uh veruca salt <laughs> I was expecting you to say boss baby, but like that. <laughs> uh, sure. Yes. I, I, I am 49. I'm more of the Veruca Salt generation than the boss oh, baby generation, right? Yes. Um, but it, it, yeah, it, so y- if you go back and listen to old episodes of the Big Little Podcast, one of our very first ones, uh, third one, the sixth one, I forget, was with my friend Peanut. And Peanut is exactly in that that mode. Uh, she has a lovely daddy that is her husband and she is completely little and she is completely the boss of that man. Yeah. Uh, she walks around with a big purse with lots of demands. Daddy, I want a pony. 
Um, <laughs> and he and he takes it from her all day long until the end of the day when they go into their bedroom and close the door, and then he gives it back to her. Ah, that's awesome. I and like by the it. way, for the for the Zoomer listeners in here, he is not referring to the alt rock band Veruca Salt, but the character from the Gen Z books. people don't even know the 1990s band Veruca Salt. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I assume that they do. I think you're wrong. I right? I, good I band though. I went to college with the bassist. By the <laughs> that's way, cool. really? okay. anyway, um, to Paul. Woohoo! Anyway. Uh, okay, okay, so there are dominant littles. Veruca Salt sums it up. I fucking love that. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure that you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. And by pumpkins, we actually mean your balls. I mean, what else are we going to be talking about, really? In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your undercarriage. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. So you can clean up down under, down under. I'm so clever. Anyway, you've heard Ken and I gush on and on about how much we love Manscaped. He uses the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer constantly. I mean, thank goodness, I don't want to get pubes in my throat. It is the best trimmer for your butt, your balls, and your whole body. It even has a replaceable ceramic blade. And Manscaped's new Weed Whacker Ear, Nose, and Hair Trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology as the trimmer for those delicate nose hairs of yours. They also have this nifty crop care kit that includes the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop cleanser body wash that you can also use on your hair, by the way, and crop mop ball wipes. You never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always make sure your balls are prepared, right? And if you suffer from stank foot, I have the product for you, the foot duster, a foot deodorant. It's a free gift. Manscaped has a bunch of other formulations too, and they're all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Hey, make your balls a priority this fall. Do you have a lot on your mind? In times of stress or anxiety, it can be hard to remember to take time to focus on yourself. But your joy and pleasure are so important, especially right now. Put your well-being first with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever or whatever you are into. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor you just can't stop thinking about, or even stories about trying a new toy together or getting tied up. The wellness sessions can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. Spice things up today with Dipsy. Oh, and for listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. That's dipsystories.com slash sunny.
So tell me, Mako, about your journey into age play and kink. You said that 70% yeah. of the time you're a little, 30% of the time you're a big. Yes. When Tell me, like, when you started getting into age play, were you like, yeah, all in, I'm cool? Or did you have to get through some of, like, the misconceptions about, like, what does this mean about me? Is oh, I went through some did shit. Did you go through that? Yeah. I went tell through some shit. Tell me about shit. it. So, all right. It started for me, I mean, I knew I was different way early, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to say I was like seven or eight years old, and I stumbled on my father's very poorly hidden cache of dirty magazines and found an article in it about spanking. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that, that that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, r- realized that I had that bad, that I wanted to be spanked, wanted to spank other people, wanted to see it, wanted to hear it. And, and I felt pretty bad about myself because then I was like, something Aww. is wrong with me, right? Like, um, and I didn't have the wherewithal and emotional maturity to say to myself, well, if it's an article in a magazine, then clearly, dude, you're not the only one. Right. right? And your dad has it where you're like, oh, my God, I'm fucked up and it must be hereditary. Right. <laughs> like, oh, did it cross your mind that, like, it, what it, about it my has, dad? It has. And <laughs> me, 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 Maybe we'll talk about that after the show. Um, you know, oh, I got stuff. Um, but so then uh, it was several years later. I want to say I was about 12 or so. And we were preparing to go out of the country. And uh, we traveled uh, from where we lived in New Jersey to uh, a passport office in Connecticut that was able to do same-day passports, which this was a long time ago. Wow. And and for whatever reason, I was done first. So my mom handed me, you know, some cash and said, here, honey, why don't you go around the corner to the newsstand, get yourself some comic books. We're going to be here for a while. And I I did that. And as I'm in this newsstand, I saw a copy of Penthouse Variations with the word spanking on the cover. And I was like, that's mine. Um, <laughs> and I, I went to go get it. And so here here's my slick moves right uh, i get like you know four or five comic books and this variations i put the variations like three comic books down the pile go up to the <laughs> counter and you know if maybe it was like 30 bucks and i had like 40 you know mm-hmm. and i i put the 40 bucks in cash on the counter and i look at the guy at the cash the cashier and i was like i'm not going to need any change no <laughs> And so he, he's like, what, what, what? And then he starts going through and he, comic book, comic book, Justice League, whatever. Oh, and he puts everything in the bag and folds the top over and hands it to me and says, young man, you enjoy your purchases. <gasps> you were a slick 12 year old. What the I hell? was. I oh was. Oh my God. And okay. what a great way to like be a professional thief that way. Don't put it in the front. <laughs> Don't put it on the bottom. Right, in the right. Middle. Exactly. So. Oh. So, so he, you know, he rings me up. I get these things and I immediately make a beeline for the, the bathroom in this building. And I start reading the, this, this thing. And there's an, a letter in there, uh, from a guy who goes on a blind date with this girl. And when they get back to her apartment, she says, Hey, h- hang on while I slip into something more comfortable. And she goes into her bedroom, and when she comes back out, the something more comfortable turns out to be a baby doll nighty and a diaper. And in the letter, the guy was like, and that's the weirdest thing I ever heard of. But in my head, it was like, 
you know, hallelujah played and these gates opened. And I was like, oh my God, that's the best thing I ever heard of. Um, that's, it's amazing. But I was ashamed about it. I was ashamed for years. Um, I was ashamed for about nine years. Um, you know, I, I would like look up the word diaper in the dictionary and spanking in the dictionary and, you know, was kind of a late bloomer because I was worried that I was just a freak and that I couldn't really date like a normal person. Um, and then I went off to college and lost my virginity on a one night stand and, you know, felt better about myself. Um, but I still didn't really you know, come out to anybody about this stuff until rather a bit later. Um, I had graduated from college and I was engaged, actually. I had this vanilla girlfriend and she was um, very domineering, but that is not the same or equivalent to being dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we didn't make it. You know, and thank goodness we didn't. Um, she went away. Um, her, she had been an exchange student in high school and her parents, uh, got her this wonderful gift when she graduated. Uh, they, they're like, here's a plane ticket to the, to your country where you were an uh, exchange student. And here's several thousand dollars. Go have a great time for like a month or two, whatever. Um, Cause when you start working, you're never going to get anything like that again. So right. enjoy yourself. And off she went. And while she was away, I decided it was time to get down to business about this fetishy whatnot and see if this was what my life was going to be. I went to go see some pro doms who did diaper me and spank me and other things. And it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I lived in diapers, not 24 seven, like 16 seven. I didn't wear them to work, but otherwise I wore them um, and figured out that this was for me. And when I told her about it, Oh, it didn't go well. <laughs> oh. We were boom, done. Like, like that. Um, no, no, it's a good thing. It's yeah. a re- it's a very good thing, right? Um, because after that, I went to a therapist who helped me figure out that this stuff was okay. And I sort of embarked on my lifelong career of being a pervert. <laughs> um, and happily so. Um, and like, you know, to what you were saying about, you know, I thought we were good. You know, what what, what is this intolerance? I mean... It's evergreen, right? I, I experienced it back then. I experience it today. It is better than it was. Um, but, you know, it, that is one of the reasons why I am so hell-bent on teaching people, um, you know, self-love and self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, because the truth is, is that if you don't, if you lovingly don't give a shit what other people think of you, you become a more peaceful and more powerful person. Yes, a fucking man. Now that I'm like, I'm, we're the same age. I'm 49 too. And mm-hmm. I don't know. They say like when you hit your 50s, you give no fucking fucks. And that's the true. older I get, the <laughs> less fucks I have to give. Yeah. And it's it fantastic. is just, it's so. And I have to admit, my 50s or my like, Uncle George was right. He's, he told me, like, we had a deep conversation about this. I asked him, like, Uncle George, you're, you know, in your 90s right now, what was your favorite age to be? And he said, my 50s. Really? Yeah. Huh. Absolutely. Because he said, I had, I was healthy enough to do whatever I wanted to, established enough to make that happen 
and mature enough to know what I wanted and how I want to have it happen. Interesting. Huh. Well, now, yeah. now I'm like, ooh, my 50s. I better get all this shit done by the time I'm 60, because apparently that's when it goes <laughs> downhill. Um, so one of the things that I love about you, Mako, is, you know, not only are you, you just, you talk about this stuff in a way that's so easy to understand, so comforting, so normalizing, and also your dedication to the community and to other people. And and like you said, helping people love themselves, no matter what the hell, you know, their, their pro- proclivities are. Right. Um, and also, one of the things that you have been working on, I know we, we've talked back and forth quite a bit about this, is you're working on an app it's for true. people in DS Dynamics. So tell us about that, because when I first heard about it, I gasped and I held my breath because I was like, this is fucking brilliant. So tell us. <laughs> okay. So uh, it, it's a kind of behavior chart, although there's more to it than that, uh, for people in a discipline-based dynamic. Um, the name of the thing, it's called WeMinder, like Reminder, but with a W. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's cute. Thanks. And it's predicated on this idea that what is happening when there are two people in a relationship that exchange power and discipline is that they're, they're sharing the emotional labor of attention, right? The, Mm -hmm. the person who's the top is managing the behavior of the person on the bottom. And the person on the bottom is respecting the wishes of the person on the top. Um, and, there is some degree of push and pull between them. Um, you know, people can go look. I, I, I've got a landing page for the app, um, which show note, you'll have it shortly. Yes. Um, and a blog for it. And uh, hopefully by the time people are listening to this, it'll be out. Um, but you can see these little movies that I've made about how the thing works. Basically, it's imagine sort of like a gas gauge or a speedometer, right? A 180-degree radial gauge. And it's got this needle, and the needle points straight up when your behavior is neither particularly naughty nor particularly good. But then as you do things that are good, like... Uh, vote for Joe Biden or brush your teeth. <laughs> Thank or, you. Right. Or, or, uh, take out the trash. Uh, but I repeat myself. Um, the, and, and write it down. Right. Then the top, the parent, the master, whatever, um, goes in there and says, I see you've done this thing and I'm going to rate it. That's a, a good behavior, a very good behavior, an excellent behavior. And the needle, whoop slips over into the green. Um, then as you get rewards, like maybe a bubble bath or a, a cookie or a story at bedtime or a really excellent session of finger banging during a diaper change, um, the needle moves back toward the middle. And in the same way, if you misbehave, if you vote for Trump, God damn it, don't do it. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, uh, forget to take out the trash, if you leave the kitchen dirty overnight, the needle, you know, as those behaviors are entered by you or the top, get, goes into the red. It's either naughty or very naughty or unacceptable. And when you get that big, horrible spanking on your bottom and your genitals, then the needle moves back to the middle. That's most of it. Um I also have this other thing that I built into it. I call the mood thermometer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 
both for the, the, the top and the bottom. It's sort of like the clean, dirty magnet on a dishwasher. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use an example from my own life. Okay. Uh, so my mommy, my, my wife, she's a very demanding job in a medical field. And so, you know, if in the middle of the day, she's having a really terrible day, uh, maybe she can go into the mood thermometer, right? I'm exhausted, you know, and say even why. And this thing lights up and texts me. And then I'm able to take that notification, go into the thermometer and tap on it. And then she'll get a note back saying that not only is like she exhausted, but I know about it. Right. Mm-hmm. That way, when she comes home at the end of her day, I'm not all, Hey, mommy, change my diaper. Let's do this. Play with my penis. Bah, 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 bah. No, I'm like, I'll make you dinner. I'll rub your feet. You can go to bed. Aww. Right. Because, because I know her needs because it's hard work to be in this dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things like there were a bunch of things that had to happen in order for me to be able to build this software. And some of them were technical and some of them were about being a more emotionally mature person. Um, you know, I've wanted to build this thing for about 20 years, but wow. the te- but the technology didn't exist back then. Um, I, I needed smartphones. I needed certain internet t- technologies that I use. Um, and I needed to mature as a person. Um, back when I first got interested in this idea, I used to have this very uh, transactional and objectifying idea about it. You know, do thing A, get punishment B, one-to-one, like a video game. And th- that's not it at all, right? Mm-hmm. That r- really what you're doing is you're exchanging attention. So, you know, it's not like um, not taking the trash out is always a spanking on your genitals. Like, that's stupid. It's, it's you know, there's a really big difference between, hey, Mako, take the trash out, and then I don't do it. Or Mako, I asked you five times to do it and there's trash piling up all over the garage. You know, now you don't get to play video games for two weeks. Like mm-hmm. they're different, right? Context right. matters. And like being respected matters. Intensity is a device that every single vulva owner needs. It's a sexual health and stimulation device that tones your pelvic floor muscles. In addition to addressing pelvic floor health, it has internal and external vibration and delivers a powerful orgasm. It's a trip to the gym for your pelvic floor. A really fun trip to the gym. Most people know Kegel exercises are important, but Intensity does them better by automatically exercising the muscles of the pelvic floor for you. Muscle stimulation, along with the resistance of the inflatable probe, offers more than just a squeeze. It really is a whole exercise program. The natural process of aging, high-impact exercises, plus childbirth, all take a toll on the health of the muscles that surround the vagina, causing them to lose tone over time. Studies have demonstrated that toned pelvic floor muscles increase the power and intensity of orgasm. Intensity is manufactured in the USA to medical-grade standards. Intensity's manufacturer has medical roots and makes a variety of FDA-cleared devices to support pelvic floor health and cure incontinence without surgery or pills. They hold themselves to a higher standard, a medical one, which means clearly superior products and results for their customers. You know what I like about Intensity? It helps me fight... Oh, whoops, I gotta go change my pants, otherwise known as the sneeze peas. 
Pourmois is offering our listeners an additional $25 off intensity when you go to pourmois.com and enter code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. You can use this code along with any other code on their website, too. That's $25 off on top of all ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com and use the code SUNNY. That's pourmois.com. Code Sunny. One of the other things that really changed recently in my life, about a year ago, is for whatever reason, you know, my, my wife and I, we've been together a really long time, like 15 years, but, and, and spanking and discipline, and all this stuff has always been a part of our relationship. But mm-hmm. back then, um, I got this thought that I wanted to, have more accountability in my life. And weirdly, it started with cat litter. Um, <laughs> I have these two cats. They're wonderful. Uh, they are 15 years old. I got them just before Missy and I got together. Uh, and, you know, I'm largely responsible for them. I love these guys. They're adorable. Um, and sometimes I'm really good at taking care of them. And sometimes I'm not. And okay. I felt bad about it. I'm like, these cats rely on me. And they deserve a, a, a good quality of life and to not have like a crappy litter box that isn't well cleaned. So I really got to get on top of that thing. And I said to her one day, uh, can you help me with this? Because I feel bad about it. She says, absolutely. Let's go upstairs. And she spanked the shit out of me. Right. <laughs> um, and then like we started to have some rules. Um, I would come home from work. And immediately had, I like, I had 15 minutes to get myself a snack. And then I had to change out of my, like, vanilla work clothes into, uh, you know, being at home clothes, which is like pajamas and a diaper. Mm-hmm. And do my chores, which really the only chore I had was to scoop the goddamn cat litter. It takes five minutes, right? Right. But that enlarged into more. Um, and now we have almost like an MS master slave dynamic, although those are not the words we use. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's my mommy and I'm her baby boy, but like she, there's a certain part of me that she owns. It's all of me, Mm. including everything I do and when I do it. So like, Sometimes I want to come into my home office and work on WeMinder. She's like, no, you're not going to do that. We're going to cuddle on the couch and we're going to play Minecraft together and watch a movie. Mm. Uh, no, you're going to sit here and rub my feet. No, we're going to go to bed early. And I'm going to put a diaper on you and then we're going to do sexy stuff because I say so. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the, it's the happiest I've ever been in my life now wow. that we, now that we're like this. Uh-huh. And like, there's a thing about this that I understand that I used to not really get which is that it's not a sex thing at all it's like it's a holistic whole life thing it's as if we've sort of committed to this sort of like performance art that we're going to dance this funny dance that most people don't and we're going to dance it together all the goddamn time um and be committed to it and Mm. it's it's wonderful um you know shortly after we decided that we were going to be more mindful about this dynamic. Um, we went away. It was so like last October was when we decided this. And mm-hmm. then in November for our wedding anniversary, we went away to Iceland on a trip, Ooh. which was amazing by the way. And like we're in Iceland and I had this experience that kind of made everything clear to me. Um, we went on this excursion to photograph of the Northern lights and 
as we're on the way to the thing, we're both super excited about it. And the guide is telling us how to photograph them and maybe they'll come and maybe they won't. And he'll take our special picture if we want him to. But when we get into this primordial darkness, you know, this, this, this uh, ancient forest about an hour and a half outside of Reykjavik in the middle of the night in the dark, um, and the lights are coming and everyone's all excited. I can't even see it because her needs are first. So like I'm holding the tripod and the camera bag that we brought and helping her get set up to take the pictures. And it doesn't even matter what's happening around me. The only thing that matters to me is what she needs. And at a certain point, like she was good to go. So she didn't ask me. She very lovingly told me to go see the guide and get my picture taken. And I did. And when she was done, then she came over and we had our picture taken together. And that's when I got it. That like this 24-7 total power exchange thing can be an age play thing too. And it's an, sort of an everything organic thing. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, I love that, you know, when I was listening to you talk about not only your experience, but like how the app plays into communication. I was just thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm going to give a caveat here. I, I hate it when people are like, you know, people who are poly or into BDSM or, you know, pick an alt sex sub community are more evolved and better than the monogamous <sighs> and vanilla people. I don't believe that at all. Me um, I, we can be just as toxic. As, yeah. as as they can. Um, however, you know, if we do our BDSM, and I'm putting this in finger quotes, right, you yeah. know, where we include the communication, again, not all of us do, um, it's, it's so helpful. You know, when I was thinking about the app, like, even vanilla folks, even yeah. non-kinky folks, if they had a way to communicate, like, I had a really fucking bad day at work. Mm -hmm. I am going to come home and not be happy. Um, sometimes we can't say that with our words, you know, right. for whatever, whether it's we're too angry, it's too vulnerable for us. We've never been taught how to do that. I like whatever. to say it with poop. Huh? I said, I like to say it with poop. Just the way I'm angry. <laughs> no, but, but it's like, you know, using these alternate uh communication frameworks like the app just yeah. over, you know like we were talking about at the beginning we just come full circle like we're overlaying age play on our vulnerability as a way to express it right you're overlaying that app on you know uh intimate communication between couples as a way to express it and it's just like god if everybody had a means to do that i'm talking to everybody i don't care sure. if you're kinky we would all be much better off. Oh well, I mean, God. I I do plan to make a vanilla version of this thing or a, a related product. Um, right. But I, I want to like circle back to that for a second, what you were saying. Uh -huh. You know, one of the things that I've encountered over the many years that I've been an advocate, a podcaster, an author, a software developer, and all these things for this community, right, is that mm -hmm. th there's a thing that people really super struggle with, right? And mm -hmm. it's the ability to understand how they feel and communicate it to somebody else. Yes. Um, you know, it, it never fails to, to astound me. Like how, like, you know how they say that like extroverts and introverts tend to partner up with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. um, in, in kink 
circles, I've seen time and again where like one partner is super hyper mega focused on their power dynamic and the other one is willing, but they just don't think that way. Yeah. Right. So one is like, uh oh, I did like bad thing X that you said, you know, four and a half years ago to never do. So now you're going to immediately tell me to go to bed and spank me. Right. And the, and the other one's just like, I'm watching TV. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. (laughs) Like, that's like, yeah. (laughs) Right. That, that happens. Okay. And so part of it is, so I'm a big fan of this, uh, uh, time management uh, uh, methodology called getting things done, GTD, mm-hmm. right? And one of the fundamental ideas in GTD is that you write shit down to get it out of your head, right? You have this mm-hmm. little tracker and you're like, well, am I going to do this right now? Or can I tomorrow? Or am I going to delegate it? Whatever. And this is kind of the same idea, but it's like a, like an, uh, an acclimation or, 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 or like level setting, like channel locks kind of a thing, right? Mm. Where like if, if the person on the chart does something that they think is a misbehavior, they can write it down and they know that the big or top, whatever is going to see it. And then the top can talk to them about it and say, and determine whether it's naughty or not and how naughty mm. it is, right? Which gives them both agency over the conversation. So like, then the age player can like get their, you know, diaper unknotted out of their ass and relax, you know, because what's worse to be punished for something or to do something that you think is a misbehavior and have it completely not matter. Um, that, that second thing that's like toxic and horrible. Right. Yeah. And like, there's an example of this same kind of, of, of level setting thing that we all use and it's Facebook, right? Um, when Facebook tells you that it's, you know, it's your, uh, cousin Rose's birthday and you, you know, send her your good wishes. Does she know or care that the reason you're sending them is because Facebook helped you remember? No. And even if she did know, she wouldn't give a shit. She just really wants to build a bear gift card. Like, and, and, is, and is happy you got it for her. Yeah. Right. So like, if you're a big and your heart's in it, but you don't think that way, you know, and WeMinder sends you a text message to remind you that there's a naughty behavior in the chart and you haven't looked at it yet. Um, and then you look at it and make up your mind. Your little's not going to care. They're going to feel good about it. They're going to feel good mm-hmm. that you decided to do the work to use the system with them. Ah. I freaking love it. I love just your approach to all of this and and how you really break it down. So thank you. Thank you. Oh. Freaking thank you. Thanks uh, for having me on, you guys. This is a Yeah. So tell us uh, all the stuff. Like, when can we expect the app to roll out? Sure. Tell us about your podcast. Tell us about all the cool maker things we need to know about. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, uh, a couple of things. So I will... Uh, get you the landing page for the software, mm-hmm. um, which I'll put it here in the cast. Uh, that is, that's this. Okay. Um, and then I also have a blog for the application itself. Okay. Um, which when you sign up for the mailing list on that landing page, you get posts in the blog. That's okay. that. Um I'm aiming for early November. Now I am like a one man shop and I'm like, 
I'm in like the last 5% of it right now. Like I literally was working on it before I came on this podcast. Um, oh, wow. Um, so I'm trying like hell to get it out the door by November 1st. We'll see. Um, but certainly no, no later than the middle of the month. Um, okay. and then, you know, so some of the, the particulars, what you got to know is, so this is not it, it what's called a native application. Um, okay. you won't, you, you're not going to find it on the app store for your iPhone. You're not mm-hmm. going to find it on the Google play store. Um, and that is really on purpose because I was worried about their censorship of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What this is, this is a, what's called a progressive web app. It'll run on anything. It'll run on your iPhone, on Android, on a tablet, on your laptop, on your desktop, on your internet-enabled refrigerator with recipe screen, if you really want to do that, <laughs> like anywhere. Um, nice. And it's designed to be cheap. Um, it's six ninety five a month for your first chart. And has support for having multiple charts because, you know, poly and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so subsequent charts will be $5.95 a piece, okay. uh, which I think is pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want it to be cheap. I want you to right. be able to lean into it and trust it and not worry about it being there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, currently, in the, in the initial 1.0 release... I will support customers in the United States and Canada, but sadly not overseas um, because some of the technical things that I do and hoops I had to jump through to make it work just don't work there. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. The other place to go if you're interested in other stuff I do, like the books that I wrote or my uh, getting kinky people to speak Esperanto thing is my, (laughs) is my blog. Uh, which is only doing.net. Um, okay. I talk all about that stuff uh, over there. Awesome. That is awesome. And I just wanted to say one last thing to you, Duncan. Que vivenis al spectaco, Marco. Oh, Coron Duncan. <laughs> what are you guys saying? <laughs> I said thank you for being on the show, Mako. Aww. And, and did I, you say you're welcome? I gave him my heartfelt thanks. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Oh. Well, thank you. How do you say how do you say goodbye in Esperanto? Uh, you would say "Gis la revedo," which means "until I see you again." Gis la revedo. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one more time. Gis la revedo. Okay, Mako. Gis la revedo. Gis la revedo. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> so Bye. Much. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag Psychicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. 
Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.